Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. And welcome to the WrestleTalk Podcast. I am Chopper Pete Quinnell, and I'm joined today once again by Luke Owen. Hello, Swarf Nation, and a hello to you, Chopper Pete Quinnell. How the devil are you? I'm doing all right, mate. I'm doing all right. I am a bit tired. I'm getting... <laughs> I mentioned this to Ollie yesterday on the podcast. Getting a bit bored working from home now. Oh, no, really? Novelty's really worn off, <laughs> so... Wait, that didn't yeah. last long. Yeah, I just want to kind of get back in the office now. But well, you, you've done two weeks of it, right? Like, because I, yeah. Ollie and I, we've only been doing it since last Friday. Mm-hmm. But and I think uh, we you, started you... that Monday or Tuesday. I think that's right. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah but like you and Blomps and uh, Fakedor when like you were in the home on Monday. So yeah, mm. man, you've been to you've had two whole weeks of it, and you're I now done. Now I'm just I'm just so bored of it. It's just. <laughs> I, all I see is my bedroom and my living room, <laughs> oh, and no. and sometimes the lake if I go for a walk. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's getting to me a little bit, but it's okay. Uh, oh, anyway, God. let's talk about more positive things. I say positive. Let's talk about <laughs> other things. Let's talk about <laughs> wrestling things. Let's talk about SmackDown, where we're going to be talking about RWWE false advertising by just continuing to promote Roman Reigns versus Goldberg, <laughs> even though we all know it's not happening. Here's the show. situation with smackdown with wrestlemania with roman reigns this whole scenario is absolutely bonkers because it was confirmed well i say confirmed it was reported yesterday by both WrestleVotes and uh dave Meltzer and wrestling observer two of probably the most reputable sources in the world that and ryan satin as well right uh i don't know if ryan satin said it don't okay. think he did just because he's kind of wwe's guy i don't think mm. he's uh, announced anything official yet but um those two definitely uh reported that roman reigns has pulled out of doing wrestlemania because of health concerns because he's had you know his real life battles with leukemia he's more at risk uh, than a lot of other people and uh, yeah it was confirmed that he pulled out of the show so roman reigns versus goldberg wasn't happening and the supposed reported replacement for him would be braun Strowman, 
which might have been set up on this episode of SmackDown or next week or maybe at the show itself. But what was super weird about this show is that they just didn't acknowledge that whatsoever. And I mentioned this to Luke just before we went live, that it's one thing entirely to... If they found out late about Roman Reigns pulling out after this episode had been pre-taped, which I assume is the case, that they found out after this, this show that Roman Reigns had pulled out, if they had made the choice to pull all of the Roman Reigns-based segments on this show and just replace it with other stuff, just not not reference Roman at all, and that would be kind of a quick fix just to not advertise Roman Reigns versus Goldberg, that's fine. If you're under a, a, you know, a tight time scenario, that's perfectly okay. But to actively promote the match, it was like half of the show was about how Roman Reigns was going to be facing Goldberg at the show, which we know isn't true. It, they had, they showed Roman Reigns versus Triple H from WrestleMania 32, uh, basically in full, the one where Roman got booed a lot. Great choice, everybody. Uh, and then they had Triple H afterwards cut a promo about how great Roman Reigns and Goldberg are and how he thinks it's going to be a really close call between them. But if it's quick, it'll be Goldberg. If it's a long match, Reigns has got it. They built this, sh- this show, excuse me. They built this show around Reigns versus Goldberg is definitely happening. Here's why you should be excited about it. When they know that Reigns isn't in the match. Is that false advertising? I feel like it is. Yeah, because they're also, uh, at the end of the show, they said, like, you know, here's what's coming up next week. John Cena's going to be on the show to, you know, is he going to accept Bray Wyatt's Firefly Funhouse match? But also there's going to be a face-to-face between Roman and Goldberg. And, you know, next Friday's show is, like, it's not just the go-home show for WrestleMania. It's the day before WrestleMania. Like, Mm. it is literally, like, you know, it's 24 hours before night one of this year's very very weird wrestlemania and there are like a lot of you know very di- you know various different circumstances at play here wwe are dealing with a lot of stuff we're going to go into in a moment like all the other people that are reportedly like not going to be on the show but um yeah i mean i wasn't i, I wasn't around yesterday I, I had the day off so i kind of like missed a lot of this roman reign story which is why i thought it'd been reported by uh satin and, and pro wrestling sheets but it's um it is a very, very weird situation. So it's, I wanted to sort of pose the question to you of, you know, is this false advertising or is it a case of next week we are going to get the Roman and Goldberg showdown and they'll shoot an angle there? Or maybe they already have, you know, sorted out this angle because they've taped a lot of WrestleMania already. So, you know, they've already taped this angle that's going to happen next week that's going to write Roman off the show um you know that's going to write him off wrestlemania and maybe that's where braun steps in so it's it's a bizarre one because it's it's i i don't quite know where i stand on this one whether i think it is false advertising to say that this match is happening when you're going to shoot an angle next week where it's not going to happen because i think if it, for me i think it would be 100 percent false advertising if come wrestlemania you're still saying that that match is happening mm. And it's not going to happen. That I think would be bad, and I think that would be. I mean, that's totally bad. That's that's really out of order. But maybe I don't know. Have they already taped the match? I, have they have they already done it? So like it's it's so then it is going to happen. 
But I don't know. Like, yeah. was Roman at the tapings that were there this week? The reports was that he showed up. Miz wasn't well, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then, like, it all kicked off with him. So, what, did he then go home? Did he shoot all of his stuff and then go home? Mm. I, I don't really know where we stand on a lot of this. Yeah, it's really confusing because there's so many reports floating around about various different people being pulled out or when tapings are happening and things like that. There, there is definitely, though, the uh, Orange County uh, lockdown issue, the stay-at-home order that came into effect at midnight Thursday night going into Friday morning, which means WWE cannot film anything beyond that point, which means they have to have done all of WrestleMania, all of SmackDown, and all of the Raw, this Raw, and the Raw after WrestleMania in the bag before that date. And that is supposedly what's happened. And I think they've been bolstered by that, by the fact that they're filming in multiple different locations so they can have different crews working on different things at the same time. And they're going to have a couple of matches, probably the Firefly Funhouse match and the Boneyard match, whatever that is. Uh, That's probably going to be more cinematic style, not in the ring on a completely different location type of deal. So they, they probably have managed to get all those shows taped in advance. But then it begs the question, if they've got it all taped out and planned out, why wouldn't you change some of the stuff that you've already have on this show regarding Reigns when you know what the plan is going forward for him? If you have a plan in place to write him out of the show next week, maybe, even then, bless you, even then, I think it might be a little bit too close to it because you're still advertising for your pay-per-view that Roman Reigns will be on it until literally 24 hours beforehand when you would write him off. I I agree with you and say that if they still advertise him at WrestleMania, that's really bad. I even think if they still advertise him up to the SmackDown coming up, or, you know, even if they announced on Twitter and they said, Roman Reigns has had to pull out of this match, there will be a replacement that will be announced on this SmackDown. Like, that Mm. changes everything. Because... And the the thing I don't understand about this whole situation is that they have a really good reason for plans changing. Like, just say, just acknowledge that the world is going crazy. Just acknowledge that people have to be put into quarantine. Acknowledge that people have to be pulled from the show for health of everybody, for their crew and the wrestlers and everyone around. For their own safety, they've had to be pulled and WWE are like, no, we should do an angle. We should make, it's pro wrestling, we can't acknowledge real life. It, it's, it's too big for one night. It's, it is baffling this whole situation. But something you, you mentioned earlier that I did want to, uh, to, to speak about is that a load more people have supposedly been pulled from the show as well. As we mentioned before, The Miz, who supposedly turned up to a taping, I don't know whether it was a WrestleMania taping or SmackDown or whatever, he turned up and he had symptoms of coronavirus. Steve Carino, sorry. So he was sent home, but also that is supposedly the reason why Roman Reigns pulled out of WrestleMania, because he had now been exposed to someone who already had symptoms and he's at a much higher chance of having a more severe strain of it due to his, uh, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? Immuno something or other. It's. Hey, dude, I'm not a doctor. I know. So I, I'm, I'm was, afraid I do was, not know. It was in the news the other day. I can't remember. <laughs> uh, but he's got. Uh, he is at a much higher chance of having something serious due to his previous battles with leukemia. Uh, so he pulled out because Miz turned up ill, and supposedly that's got uh, gotten Miz in some hot water from people like the Usos, uh, who turned up and be like, "Why are you here, you moron? Go away." Mm. Uh, 
And, you know, WWE, rightfully so, have placed really high restrictions on when people come in to record. They're taking their temperatures and they're monitoring people separately throughout the whole thing. They were monitoring Reigns really closely in the, the lead up to these tapings. So, but still Miz turning up. It's just not, not a great idea, man. Yeah, if, if that is a story that turns out to be true, that is not a good look on the Miz. That's, um, I, I think that goes one step too far beyond on the you show up for work you know we're going to get through this together mm. because that I, that that feels pretty reckless yeah um i mean i say pretty it's incredibly reckless mm-hmm. um so yeah if that story is true that is not a good look on the miz Absolutely, really yeah. really is not and it's it kind of puts this whole big question mark over this entire show because the main event of this show was the Usos versus the New Day as we pretty much predicted last week mm-hmm. Miz and Morrison got involved, gets turned into a triple threat tag match for Mania not only that's a bloody ladder match for whatever yeah. reason WWE officials <laughs> told Michael Cole doing big bunny ears for podcast listeners um, that it's now a ladder match for whatever reason mm-hmm. um you know, have they already taped that match? This is this is unprecedented. Yeah. You know, these are truly unprecedented times of I having a Scooby Doo. What's going on? Uh, if you're listening to the podcast version of this, me and Pete are going to talk about in the outro, which we've already recorded. You know, the sort of li- the live stream of what we're going to do. Are we going to do our live reactions for WrestleMania? I'm going to assume we are, but we haven't really talked about it. I don't know. But what, because it's, what even everything is up in the air. What even is going to be WrestleMania this year? I don't. I don't know. Exactly. Will we be able to live react to it? I don't know. Who knows? Uh, yeah, it's bonkers. But uh, yeah, so Miz supposedly has been taken out of WrestleMania, which would take him out of that triple threat ladder match that was set up on this show, which I'm a... I don't know whether that one's false advertising or not. I don't know how late in the day these people found out about various things. I don't know whether this was already, you know, in the bag. And especially for this as well, it's much harder to kind of can this kind of segment as a whole, you can't just kind of get rid of this whole segment. It was the main event of the show. It's a lot of live in-ring action. It's a lot of, you know, the, the whole story around that show was Michael Cole getting on the thing and saying, it's a triple threat ladder match, blah, 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 blah. So you can't really just can that whole segment and replace it with like a, a promo package or something. I mean, you could, but it might be, it's harder to do. Whereas the Roman Reigns stuff, which was just video packages and a Triple H promo, I feel like that could have been changed to something else, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so The Miz supposedly taken out. Roman Reigns is obviously missing it. We've had Rey Mysterio uh, and Dana Brooke have gone into quarantine as well. So Dana Brooke taken out of her women's championship match. It's now a fatal five-way. Which was talked about on the show. That was correctly in, in, advertised. Yeah, I mean... They're very much scattered around it. Bailey just went, it's now a fatal five wave moving on. Here's yeah. Tamina. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, but they, they at least acknowledge that it's a fatal five way now and they're not still advertising Dana Brooke. Uh, there was uh, Andrade, US champion Andrade, who was supposed to tag with Angel Garza to take on the Street Profits for the Raw Tag Team titles, which was already a weird match. He's now been taken out of WrestleMania, though supposedly that's due to a rib injury that he picked up on Raw rather than any sort of virus-related mm. things. Um, Bobby Lashley, who had a match against Alistair Black, which was already weird. Apparently he can't compete either and he's had to pull out, which is really strange because they he never could have competed anyway because he had a WWE appearance in South Africa not too long ago and they weren't allowing anyone near WWE stuff if they've been traveling abroad lately, which is why so many people have been missing so many shows because they've all been abroad so So why would they even put him in a match 
That's so weird. I don't I don't understand anything that's happening anymore. Yeah. Um and then there was also um uh Oh sorry, I forgot to mention the uh replacement for Andrade in that tag team match. <laughs> uh teaming with Angel Garza to take on the Street Profits is, you know, Austin Theory from NXT. Hey, dude, he's there. You yeah, know what I mean? Right. Like, they're... you're there, mate. So you get your WrestleMania debut, I guess. Yeah, I just, yeah, just plaster it over with whoever we can find, please. Everyone's dropping like flies. We just need people. We need bodies on this show. Um, yeah. And also, Buddy Murphy has supposedly been uh, withdrawn as well. Uh, so he, I don't know if he was going to have a, a proper match or whether he was just going to kind of be in the corner with Seth Rollins against Kevin Owens or something like that. I don't know, but that's what I'd have figured. Yeah. Um, uh, but he won't be able to do that anyway, because he's not going to be on the show at all. Uh, mm. so that's a lot of people that are starting to kind of be, you know, pulled out of various shows and they're just plastering over these holes with just random other people and just trying to fill in all the holes, but then more holes appear and then they keep trying to fill those as well. This is going to be a crazy wrestlemania this is going to be the most unique wrestlemania in history like oh this is crazy. one of the history books yeah this yeah. really is one of the history books this would be one that we look back on in 10 20 years time being like man do you remember that wrestlemania mm-hmm. like that the steve carino wrestlemania that was in front of no fans it is going to be yeah so it's I, I mean to to kind of get us back onto this 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 central question of is this false advertising for me, it really depends on what comes next week, what happens next week, what happens at WrestleMania. Are, you know, we don't know what's already been taped. We don't know what has been happening. We don't really know a lot of these details. We have just heard rumblings. We've heard reports. Uh, granted, a lot of the reports that we have heard have all been pretty much spot on. Mm. You know, it's because it's a very skeletal crew and it's you know just people talking and stuff like the John Cena Five Five Funhouse thing, you know, the Five Five Funhouse match that was reported weeks ago. Um, so it's for me, it it comes down to what happens at WrestleMania. Then it turns into is that false advertising or it? I think it's weird that they just sort of ignore the situation. But it's for me the false advertising thing comes down to what happens to Mania. Like it, it's not like a, I think it was last year's Rumble where they were advertising to the day that John Cena was going to be in the Rumble, yeah. and then on the pre-show said, "By the way, John Cena's not in the Rumble," and they knew he was never going to be in the Rumble. That for me, that's bad. Like that is blatantly false advertising. Yeah. So let's. I, I'm. I'm going to wait and see what happens at, at mm-hmm. Mania. I'm going to get called a WWE shill for this, ironically, because I got called Tell an it. AEW shill on uh, on Thursday. Mm-hmm. So you know, let's let we'll see what happens uh, come Mania. Yes, I think it's probably best to err on the side of caution, err on the side of positivity in times like these, and we'll give them the benefit <laughs> of the doubt for now <laughs> until for now. we see yeah, what for happens. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Kicked off with Sasha Banks and Bailey coming out. And as we mentioned before, they correctly advertise a fatal five-way for the SmackDown Women's Championship now. And uh, Bailey says, oh, that Paige making that match last week, she didn't, did she? No authority figures. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. Because so last I week, it, Paige said that Fox allowed her to, to announce it, the right? match. She didn't make it. Yeah. She announced the match. No. But then Bailey here was making it sound like Paige did make the match. Mm. And I think like she's doing a lot of stuff on social media about this. It really feels like they're building to a Paige in-ring return. Mm. Like this, all of this feels like it's building to Bailey versus Paige. And if this isn't leading to Bailey versus Paige, then a lot of this is worthless. Absolutely. Because that to me at the moment feels like that's what the feud is. The feud is not about bailey and banks it's not about bailey and Lacey. it's not about bailey and naomi or you know bailey and tamina it's about bailey and page mm. so it has to be leading to that surely maybe i don't know M- maybe they had a page in-ring return penciled in for wrestlemania but now page can't make it that's another person that refused to kind of travel to get to wrestlemania is page so maybe they had that in-ring return planned and now they've just kind of gone uh we'll move that later and we'll just kind yeah. of have this weird authority figure but not storyline play out for now um but after that she was saying that bailey was saying that her and banks are like peanut butter and jelly and nothing can tear them apart isn't that right sasha and sasha's like uh... <laughs> and then before she could actually say anything though lacey evans comes out and Sasha Banks says something about her daughter, and Lacey Evans is like, you won't be able to say my daughter's name after I break your jaw. I was like, oh, that's a cool line. Um, that's a good line. And then Naomi came out, made a Scott Pilgrim reference, uh, and then Tamina came out. Uh, I've written in my notes, ha ha, here comes Tamina. <laughs> uh, she says, actions speak louder than words. She attacks Lacey and Naomi. Bailey and Banks look scared of her. That was quite laughable. <laughs> I did like the fact that they were like, hey, Lacey, Naomi, go out, cut a one-liner. It'll be really cool. To me, it's just like, uh, why don't you just go out there and headbutt someone? 
That's better. Mm. Play to yeah. play to your strengths. And that's it. Yeah, I think you know because to me, like Michael Cole was calling her the wild card of mm. the match. Like this whole segment really felt like it was designed. Like you know, aside from the page stuff, really felt like it was designed to make. Tamina seem like a credible threat yeah. because let's be honest, she doesn't seem she, like a she, credible she's threat. She's not. Yeah, she is only in this match because Carmella can't make it. Like that is pretty much the only reason she's there. Uh, so it is like it's so laughable that Tamina is in this matching to be considered a. And this is why wins and losses matter. This mm. is why I do like AEW having a record of things. You know, having a win loss record. Oh, yeah, AEW. Sure. Whether you know, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, he does pay me the big bucks. Yeah. Um, with, with this current currency, uh, and, you know, the conversion <laughs> race is really knackering me over. Um, the, it, it's because it then means something. Like, you know, you get some wins and that gets you into championship matches. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that the AW win loss record system is perfect. It's, you know, it's pretty flawed in places, but at least it's got a narrative. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, here it's just like, uh, and you're available. So you get a tag team, you know, you get a, a women's championship match. Austin Theory, you're available. Mm-hmm. You get a tag title match for whatever reason. Um, so this segment really felt like, you know, the latter half of it was, hey, Tamina is a credible threat. She could possibly win the title, eh? Mm hmm. Yeah. She won't, but, you know. The possibility is there. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I liked Evans and Naomi cutting their one-liners. I thought they were good. Tamina, was, it was fine. It was a solid segment overall. It was all right. It played up the uh, uh, dissension between Banks and Bailey a little bit as well, which was nice. Um, I've got Bailey to win that match. Um, I've got Banks to win it, but not by pinning Bailey. She'll win by mm. pinning someone else, and then Bailey will be like, now you're the... Ch- but I didn't lose. What the hell, man? Etc. And it'll yeah. play up that dissension more. Um, after that, we got uh, my second favorite thing on the show. Drew Gulak and Daniel Bryan are amazing. I love them so much. Sami Zayn this on commentary is, is brilliant. What what a fantastic like mix of awesomeness this whole thing is. It was Drew Gulak versus Shinsuke Nakamura. <laughs> Drew Gulak versus Shinsuke Nakamura. And if Drew wins, then Daniel Bryan gets to face Sami Zayn for the Intercontinental Championship. <laughs> Yeah. Yet somehow Did that I, makes sense. <laughs> I loved it, and I and I yeah, I thought this, this didn't. I, I really enjoyed this, particularly because th- this had you know one sort of central spot to it, and that was at the start of the match when Gulak was in control. Cesaro pulled Nakamura out of the ring, mm-hmm. and that allowed Nakamura to get the heat, and he beat up Drew for ages. All the while, Sami Zayn is on commentary yelling, "It's perfectly within the rules to do that. That's a perfectly legal thing to do." So at the end of the match, when Shinsuke Nakamura is setting up to do the Kinshasa, Daniel Bryan pulls Drew Gulak out of the way so Gulak can roll up Nakamura and get the pin, all the while Sami Zayn is on commentary saying, that's cheating, that's not fair. It's just great heel work mm-hmm. from Sami. I thought the match made complete sense. I thought the action in-ring was really, really good. I, I thought this was awesome. Yeah, I was absolutely great. loved all of this. Yeah, I, I really liked this segment. Uh, I don't know how they're making it make sense, but they are. Um, it, it's it's really, really good. Sami Zayn on commentary was absolute gold. Uh, I, I'm not a huge fan of the fact that people can get involved in the matches and it's fine because it's the person they're in the corner of. Like, that's still a DQ. You're still getting involved in the match. That should be a DQ, really, but it's fine. I'll gloss over it mm. because the rest of the segment's so bloody good. Um so yeah, I thought it was great. And then we're going to get Daniel Bryan versus Sami Zayn at WrestleMania for the Intercontinental title, supposedly. That'd be a great match. If that That'd even happens, who knows at oh, this point? Maybe that won't. Yeah, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Um, we get a, a recap of the Otis stuff from last week, which was 
just amazing. I love Otis so much. So um, good. And then uh, Dolph Ziggler's backstage muttering to himself while on the phone. I thought he was doing like a video call to someone, but I think he was just talking to himself and saying that Otis was yeah. an idiot or something. Uh, and he was then, making a voice memo. Yeah, exactly. And then Otis comes in looking all, you know, full of piss and vinegar. And the referees are trying to separate him and Dolph immediately. He comes in with referees already pushing him back. And they kind of get into a verbal war. And then Dolph says, fine, we'll have a match at WrestleMania. Just you and me, one-on-one. And I was like, cool. That's the match that I really wanted. Dolph versus Otis, one-on-one. Great. Bit anticlimactic to just have it in a little backstage segment with no physicality. And with Dolph just going, it's a match. Rather than, you know, yeah. with, with the amount of emotion and story that's gone into this story from, you know, Valentine's Day or even before that, from like the Christmas stuff when it was Otis and Mandy together to start with, the amount of emotion and story that's been put into it for them to just go, backstage segment is how you announce the match, I thought was a bit anticlimactic, but I'm happy they made the match regardless. Fingers crossed it actually yeah. happens. Yeah, no, I'll agree with you on that one. It was an anticlimactic way to announce the match, but I'm just super stoked that we're getting that singles match. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I, I just think that Otis is great. The Dolph stuff I thought was really good, and the segment he has later with Mandy mm. I thought was really good as well. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. Uh, after that, uh, Elias is up in the, the oh crow's nest God. perch thing, uh, and he sings a song about King Corbin. It's not very funny. Uh, and then King Corbin comes out afterwards, attacks him, he gets him over the railings, and then he hits Elias off it, and he falls and goes splat onto the concrete floor, uh, and because of camera trickery, they made it look like Elias just fell straight onto the concrete, when in reality he clearly landed on a crash mat, and then they just cut to a different shot of him laying on the concrete floor. So I will say, positive things first, it's cool that they're trying new things when they don't have fans and they're trying new ways to format their shows. They did it last week with uh, the Miz and Morrison dirt sheet stuff when they cut to Miz and Morrison in the crowd. And this one, they're trying a few editing tricks to make it look like things are more impactful than they were. That's cool. However, when the sound that you use for Elias hitting the floor is that bad, it, it undermined the whole segment. It was really bad. I have seen student films with zero budgets that have done this effect much more successfully yeah. and like the, the the cuts were dead awkward uh, yeah I've, i this was amateur hour yeah, for me totally considering how good wwe's production is mm. i thought this was really quite badly put together totally um so I'll, I'll assume then that we're going to have Elias written out of the match and he'll be replaced by Mojo Jojo with Gronk in the corner. Or maybe it'll be against Gronk himself. Oh, yeah, that's not a bad idea. Uh, I say not a bad idea. Not a bad shout. It's a bad <laughs> idea. It's a very bad idea. But it's not a bad that's prediction. It's a terrible idea. Yeah, no, definitely don't do it. But that's a good prediction. Uh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. I was thinking that they might just do whoever's there. You know, they'll have, I don't know, Kona Reeves to throw him in. Why not? <laughs> why not cody you're there tesco's finest you can get in there man yeah I've, I've got to think that it's it's mojo yeah like you know he was involved in the angle last week it's got to be mojo or, or you know the gronk yeah it makes sense uh something that i didn't even think about that uh ollie's written in in his uh review earlier was saying when uh you know michael Cole put on his serious voice to say oh elias has been taken to a local medical facility it's not very good taste to have someone go to a hospital in times like these. <laughs> Just maybe, maybe don't run that angle. 
throwing Ooh, that out there. Yeah, yeah. I did not. Think I didn't think about, about that at all. at all. And then when Ollie put it in the script, I was like, oh yeah, oh <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Um, but after that though, uh, we got Asuka versus Alexa Bliss with Nikki Cross on commentary. So I have mixed feelings about this because the match itself, I can't really tell you what happened because Nikki Cross was so distracting on commentary. And there was a few times where it got a genuine laugh out of me because Nikki Cross was just going crazy, just like screaming random things. She just kept pestering Michael Cole. Michael Cole was just there just being like, can you stop hitting me, please? There was a couple of times where I was just like, oh, that's quite good. But it was really detracted from the match because I cannot tell you what happened at all. It was. I've got yeah. literally no notes on the match itself, but all my notes are about Nikki on commentary. Mm-hmm. When Nikki got Michael Cole to chant Lexi, <laughs> that really made me laugh. It was very good. Because Michael Cole did it so deadpan again. Lexi, Lexi. Lexi. It was yeah. really, really funny. Yeah. But I, yeah, you're absolutely right. It did detract from the match. And, you know, Alexa just won clean as a sheet in the middle of the ring with the DDT. Mm-hmm. Hey, remember when Asuka was Becky's biggest threat? Like, it's just one month later, or, you know, just a couple of months later, they've made her feel like absolutely nothing. Yep. And it's it's a real shame. A real, real shame. It is. Massive shame. Uh, yeah. I, like I said, there was a couple funny bits. There's, there's one bit that I, I really liked when uh, Nikki first came out. She hugged Michael Cole, and Cole just goes, uh, social distancing, Nikki. And it's, <laughs> yeah. Cole had a, a couple good moments in this match, which is really funny. But uh, yeah, overall, I would not have done it because it really took away from the match. And like you said, Bliss just winning clean was a bit, a bit pants. Um, After that, we get a quick backstage promo from the Usos, hyping up their main event match with the New Day. Then we get Roman Reigns versus Triple H at WrestleMania 32. uh, God, that's a boring match. It's a boring match and it's long and the crowd are not into it. Uh, it, This was like peak Roman Reigns hate from the fans. Mm. Uh, they really, really did not want to see him win here, especially because at the Royal Rumble when it went down, it was, obviously they were fighting for Roman Reigns' WWE Championship at the Royal Rumble that year. Reigns got in the last three, then got eliminated by Triple H, and then it was Triple H versus Dean Ambrose was the final two, and everyone was like, oh my God, we want this match. And then they had that match at like Elimination Chamber or Fast Lane or whatever it was. And they had Triple H versus Dean Ambrose, and it was a bit pants. And everyone was like, oh, and we're still getting Roman mm. at Mania. Oh, and no one really wanted it anymore, especially because it was so close to having the thing that people really, really wanted, which was the Dean Ambrose thing. And then they just, yeah, they did not want to see that match at all. It was bad. Yeah, bad times. It's a, it, it's a boring match. And I think, if I remember correctly, that's quite a boring Mania as well. Because that's got this Shane Undertaker Hell in a Cell match, Absolutely, I think. yeah. But I can't remember. I think is that the one where Zack Ryder wins the yep. Intercontinental Championship in a ladder match? That's and everyone the was one. like, "What? Why? Yeah. <laughs> Why did Zack win?" Mm-hmm. There's there's a couple of good matches on there. I say there's a couple of like big moments on there. There's Shane jumping off the cell, but it was part of a boring match. There was Zack Ryder winning the Intercontinental Title, which was just like, "Huh?" kind of moment. <laughs> there was the the women's triple threat was very good. The Charlotte uh, oh that was Banks good yeah Lynch match, which uh, crowned the women's champion rather than the Divas champion, was good um was probably the best thing on the show but yeah but it was just a, a really long 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 show that was then just capped off with rain triple h that no one wanted to see uh, so it was, it was a bad time it's also the one if i remember correctly where the rock like lights his name on fire for what felt like half an hour that's the one yeah and then beat rowan in in the, two in the quickest wrestlemania match of which history, doesn't make like sense two seconds. because you need three <laughs> yeah. seconds to get the count but sure whatever and he doesn't move and everything yeah um yeah 
Yeah, God, man, what a mania! Mm. I hope that comes up in Wrestle Talk Extra at some point. You, I mean, I in, in a in a way where like I don't really want to rewatch it, but I'm kind of curious mm. to rewatch it in, in sort of like a sort of a self-deprecating sense. So, can someone just take that as as proof, and then when WrestleMania 32 comes up as Wrestle Talk Extra, can someone play <laughs> that back to Luke, and then he'll be like, "What was I thinking? This is a what really boring show." Um, hey man, it can't be any more boring than WrestleMania 2010, which we've just done, which is out on Monday for uh, Patreon backers. Good lord, that's a boring show. That's a bland old WrestleMania. At is least you got Undertaker Michaels. Well, yeah, exactly. You got that. You got a cracking main event, a really good Cena Batista match, mm-hmm. but everything else on that show is just all shades of bland, mm-hmm. apart from Vince and Brett, which is just which is just bad. The, it's the worst WrestleMania match in history. <laughs> um, after that, we got a, a Triple H promo hyping both Roman Reigns and Goldberg, which obviously it's not happening anymore, but sure. Uh, we get a New Day promo backstage hyping the main event. Uh, we get a recap of Cena and Fiend. And then we get a backstage promo with Dolph Ziggler and Sonya Deville. And they're saying, oh, everything is coming together. Everything that we've planned... I knew it! I knew Sonya was the one behind it all, you witch! I knew it. <laughs> I knew it! And I'm really excited for this whole story to come out, and then Mandy to just be like, you guys suck. Otis is great. Yeah. He got bullied. You're all bad. Otis is great. Otis and Mandy, yay, everybody's happy. That's yeah, what I want. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm completely. very happy with this segment. Uh, uh, Mandy comes in and says, oh, hey, can I speak to Dolph for a minute? Sonya, Thanos is away. And uh, and Mandy speaks to Dolph and she says, why are you doing this to Otis? And then he was just like, oh, you know, he stood you up on, on Valentine's Day. I'm, I'm standing up for you. And she goes, yeah, but you didn't have to show him the pictures and all that stuff. And like, look, if you want to fight Otis at WrestleMania, that's fine. I'll support you. But you're not going to fight over me like some sort of prize. And I'm like, women's evolution, progression. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. I thought this was a really good segment. Yeah. I really enjoyed all of this. No, it's very good. Yeah, liked it overall. Still plays on the story. It's really simple storytelling, but it's the best. Speaking of not simple storytelling, oh boy, Firefly Funhouse was next. Oh, this is my favorite thing on the show. This is so good. This amazing. Stuff. I thought this was a masterpiece of a Firefly Funhouse. I said that wrong, but it's fine. Uh, <sighs> and it really kind of. Uh, conjured those emotions that i felt on the first lot of the firefly funhouse segments when i was like i cannot wait to see what happens next week and every time i watched i was like this is this is genius this is perfect the first time the fiend character was introduced i got those feelings again from this firefly funhouse segment because i thought it was brilliant it starts off with bray standing uh, back to the camera crying looking at a picture of cena beating him at wrestlemania 30 and he just kind of turns around and wipes his eyes and he's like oh hey didn't see you there today we're going to talk about and then he gets cut off by hearing these kind of whispering voices and he kind of grabs the back of his head and he's like, shut up, shut up. And then he, you see the, uh, the uh, lantern that he's got of the old Bray Wyatt's head and he starts talking to it, screams at them to shut up. And he said, you had your chance and you blew it against John Cena. You failed. And then Abby the Witch pipes in and just says that he was delusional then and he's still delusional now. Does he think he suddenly has the secret recipe to defeat John Cena? And he goes, actually, yes, I do. And it cuts away to this thing of uh, Bray's let me in segment or whatever the hell it is. (laughs) And he starts blending up all these ingredients to make the perfect recipe for John Cena filled with self-loathing and disappointment and 
hot sauce. And also uh, rage and resentment. And then Ramblin' Rabbit comes in with a carrot. And then he's just like, oh, you should use this to help you see John Cena. And he's like, oh, that's a great idea. Throws the carrot away and just goes, just kidding. Picks up Ramblin' Rabbit and says, oh, this was the last ingredient we needed. Irrelevant opinions. And then put it in in the blender. Blends it all up and has the drink. Does like a proper ad for it. He's like, hey, I'm WWE Superstar Bray Wyatt. And when I'm doing this, I need my drink and whatever else he said. Uh, Starts drinking some of that. And he says, uh, it tastes great, but it has a nasty side effect. And it's the Fiend cutting in and out, and then it cuts to black. And in that as well, he challenged John Cena to a Firefly Funhouse match where anything goes, welcome to my world, anything happens, etc. Uh, and we're getting a response from that, jo- to for, bleh, we're getting a John Cena response to that next week, supposedly. God, I love this segment so much. This was Brilliant. The- you hit the nail on the head when you said that this made you think of like the old, you know, I say the old, you know, they're less than a year old at this point, but like last year's Firefly Funhouse, those early days of the Firefly Funhouse where we were like, oh my God, this is, the, this is creatively brilliant. And I can't wait to see what they're going to do for next week's Firefly Funhouse. I got all of that again. And it's, you know, this this feud got off to a bad start because it was just The Fiend pointing at a sign and it was totally lame, particularly because John Cena was like, I'm not having a match. <laughs> okay, you did a point. Um, and then, you know, they have... But I think they've quite cleverly retrofitted the bad decision to have Cena beat him at WrestleMania 30 to become the catalyst for this story, mm-hmm. you know, for this story to happen at WrestleMania 36. But this segment really did make me want to see the match. And, you know, as we exclusively reported uh, the other day on the WrestleTalk News and on WrestleTalk.com, it is going to be a very, very weird and wacky match that we kind of fantasy booked a little bit, which was, you know, it's going to have Bray Wyatt and it's going to have The Fiend. I'm really looking forward to seeing what this is. But if this has got a lot of Bray's influence you know and bray has sort of like you know doing a lot of this with cena and kind of working this out together i think this could be absolutely fantastic watching mm-hmm. I, I, I think this could be sorry go ahead no it's good I, I think this could be like one of the best things at wrestlemania this year absolutely yeah I, it's the match i'm most excited for uh it's a match i'm most like curious just see how it's gonna look and how it's gonna be is it gonna be like mm-hmm. the proper wwe version of you know the final deletion before they did you know not not the ultimate deletion that doesn't count but like their kind of version of that kind of kooky cinematic wacky experience that's not the house of horrors because that also doesn't count um but yeah I, i'm so pumped for this and i've seen a report saying that um this kind of match is just bray's baby and generally, oh, generally nice. speaking, when Bray has done something that he's put his full creative control over, it's been perfect. That's what where the whole Fiend came from. He's been overseeing everything to do with the Fiend. When we had on our uh, Explained series that's just gone up on Parts of Unknown, which please watch, it's great. Um, so good. So, so good. Um, we, when we interviewed Carl uh, Scarborough, who was the guy who did the original sketches for the Fiend Mask and stuff like that, he was saying, and there's loads of other reports of people that have worked with Bray Wyatt, saying that... Bray's a genius when it comes to this stuff, and you come to him with an idea, and he'll come he'll come back at you with eight more, like, on top of it. He's just so in tune with how everything works. And on top of that, another report I saw said that Cena was really championing Wyatt's ideas and getting them to be like, please listen to Bray, this is all great. So, fingers crossed, it's going to be brilliant, but... if Yeah, if there's one man that can get through to Vince McMahon and make him listen, 
it's John Cena. Absolutely. Like, John Cena is that guy. If, if you can get John Cena championing you and backing you, that should lead to good things for you. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be great. I still think Cena is winning, but I, uh, I think it's going to be great. <sighs> I don't know. I dude, don't know. See, dude, it's fu- Cena wins here, then Fiend beats him in the rematch. Like, they did exactly the same. You know, that's what they did with the Bray Wyatt, John Cena feud at WrestleMania 30. We'll just get that again. Time is a flat circle. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, after that, uh, which was amazing. Uh, we then had the main event of the show, which was the New Day versus the Usos with Miz and Morrison on commentary. Uh, I thought this match was great. I thought it was really, really fun. Mm-hmm. Really solid in-ring yep. action. Uh, Miz and Morrison were okay on commentary. Did their normal heel shtick. It was fine. A um, couple bits where I was like, huh, that's good. Um, but I, I think something that Miz and Morrison did do really well, actually, is putting over both teams rather than running them down. They were saying these two teams are legitimately amazing. Like, they're some of the best in the world. Just unfortunate that we're better. Uh, but instead of just being like, they're bad, we're good, they did a very good job of putting both teams over and getting people to care about why it should be a good match, whoever wins. Um, and I, there was actually one bit where they had a really cool response to Michael Cole. Michael Cole was saying, well, you know, the New Day are seven-time tag team champions, the Usos are six-time tag team champions, and you are... And the Miz just goes, the tag team champions! And that's all you need yeah. to know. And I was like, that's actually a really good response. I love it. Um, yeah. But yeah, they, they do a really good job of that. There was really fun in-ring action. They start spilling to the outside. Miz and Morrison get a bit too cocky. They get up on the announce table and start, you know, charting over them and doing the Miz and Morrison hey, hey, ho, ho thing, which I still don't get properly, but sure, whatever. Um, and then Kingston kind of snaps it. He, he uh, takes out Morrison's legs from under him. Usos ta- uh, One of the Usos takes out the Miz. Uh, they keep brawling for a little bit before Miz and Morrison get back up, cause the DQ, and then Michael Cole comes on the microphone and says, I'm being told by WWE <laughs> officials that... It's going to be a triple threat ladder match at WrestleMania, which we know isn't going to happen anymore because Miz has been taken out of it. So, Unless it's already been taped. Yeah, maybe. I, I, I don't know. I genuinely don't know what's going to happen. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it was a fun ending segment. It was a cool build to WrestleMania if that match does happen, which it probably won't. Um, but yeah, overall, I thought this was a pretty good show. I thought almost all the, the Mania build was good. I thought it was an odd choice to have Triple H versus Roman Reigns, but, you know, whatever. I thought the Firefly Funhouse was brilliant. I thought it was a real throwback to the original uh, Funhouse segments. Otis versus Dolph, yes, please. I'm I'm into the women's stuff. I'm really into the Bailey-Sasha Banks dynamic, and it should be a fun match at the very least. All these people in there are quite talented, and Tamina. Um, and, uh, and Brian versus Sammy. I mean... I love that stuff. But Brian and Gulak are brilliant. Sami Zayn's fantastic. Cesaro and Shinsuke are, are really good uh, wrestlers as well. So, yeah, I, I gave the show, bearing in mind it's a performance center show and they're running with quite tight restrictions and people have been pulling out left, right, and center. I gave it a low four or five, four out of five with everything considered. I, w- I was torn between high three, low four, but I think it just pushed it into low four with it being a performance center show, tight restrictions, etc. Yeah, I thought it was all right. I thought it was a pretty good show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I love the Firefly Funhouse stuff. I thought brilliant. that was absolutely brilliant. The wrestling was was solid uh, throughout the show. Was not a fan of Asuka just losing clean no. as a sheet. Uh, I think that really damages her. Main event was pretty good. Loved all the Gulak, uh, Brian stuff with Sami Zayn. Yeah, I thought this was a, a solid, solid show yeah. uh, leading into WrestleMania. Like, it was solid build to uh, to this very wacky and bizarre WrestleMania. Yeah, Yeah, a a thumbs up from Mm. me. It's going to be weird. (laughs) 
So I asked this of Ollie yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm assuming your answer might be a bit more positive. How are you finding working from home? Oh, mate, I love it. I um, <laughs> I've, I've got my, my little setup here. I've, I've got my desk. I mean, I, I am, I'm in a very fortunate position in that my office is able to be locked away. Mm-hmm. Like when I am done with the work day, I just shut the door to my office and I can go sit in the living room. And I, you know, so I, I very much have still managed, managed to separate out my work and life. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, I'm, I mean, I'm up in the morning at half six. Me and my wife are doing yoga together. Um, we're having breakfast together. I'm getting to do my work sort of in the morning. I'm, I'm doing my uh, what I'm calling my commute work, okay. uh, which, which is where I'm editing my own podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, so I'm doing like that, that I would have had my, as my commute time. Then I'm just working throughout the day. And then I finish. I shut everything down. I leave my office. I shut the door. And I go and hang out with my wife for the evening. And we just sit down and we have dinner together. And we just start the whole day over. So I'm actually, I'm doing okay. Like, I'm quite yeah. enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's a shame. Because I, I miss seeing people in the office. It's nice to <laughs> it's nice to hang out with people. And I'm, I'm missing that. Uh, that is the, the sad part of this. It, is not being part of the office again. Yeah. It, and it's like little things. It's like, you know, when we're sit because we sit next to each other in the office and it would be little things of one of us would just lean over to the other and be like you seen this thing that's happened on the old interwebs look at this thing it's funny <laughs> like it's little things like that i'm just like oh man like we have a discord chat it's not quite the same it's but you know same. um anyway i do look for i do look forward to our half 10 like morning calls where Me we too. all get together and just have a little bit of a chat that's very lovely see i'm supposed to have a day off on monday but I think I'm still going to join that call <laughs> just to just kind of just check in, you know, see everyone again. How's everyone doing? Um, yeah, I'm, it's, I'm it's really kind of, looking forward to once this is all blown over and we can go back to work. It'll be it's great. kind of amazing as well, because like this self-isolation thing has sort of like, I mean, I, I, I think I'm talking to my, my family more than <laughs> yeah, I have totally. done previously. Um, I've been talking to my in-laws like a lot more. We arranged like a big, uh, it was my wife's birthday yesterday. So we had mm. like a big like Google Hangout thing with my in-laws and then uh like me and my wife had dinner together and then you know like an hour later all of our friends got together to do a big pub quiz nice. so there were like sort of you know eight couples all doing this this pub quiz we did horribly uh, <laughs> in, in the quiz came last oh um, mate yeah i know well we had a bit of like so at the so there was seven rounds i think mm-hmm. get this i mean i Right, so I mean, I'm going to talk about this a bit more with Ollie on on the uh, the, the raw review, but I think this is mad. There were a poss- there were possibly 175 points at stake. What? That's too much for a quiz. Yeah, that's a lot. That's because that's the, way too much. Because the final round had um, they were there were 10 questions within that round, and you had 30 seconds to name 10 things. So you had a potential to get 10 points per sort of question. So there were mm-hmm. like you know 100 points at stake. Um, and if you've got an incorrect answer, like if you wrote something down that was wrong, then you lost a point for that round. So if you mm-hmm. wrote down six correct answers and one incorrect, you'd got five for that round. Right. Uh, me and my wife did very, very bad in <laughs> that round. And I don't think it was helped by the fact that we had been drinking all day. Because yeah, it was probably got something to do with it. I had the day off. It was a two and a half hour quiz. By the end of it, I'd had quite a lot of wine. Mm-hmm. So when it came to like, you know, uh, it was name uh as many well name 10 prime ministers 
from the 20th century, I could only think of the last four. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Churchill. That was about all I could think of. That's amazing. Yeah, I had uh, I had something similar yesterday. Uh, just a load of my friends uh, got together on a on a voice call, and uh, and I played Minecraft for the first time ever. What? Are you I eight? A- apparently, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, my uh, one of my friends who uh, is a, a DM for our group of friends as well. Uh, he likes to kind of take control. It's always like. He's like, oh, yeah, guys, I'll organize this thing. He's always very much kind of the one to step up and be like, I'll organize everything. Don't worry. Uh, it was like when we had our, we had our, our friends Christmas together. He was like, I'll organize a quiz for everyone. Don't worry, guys. And for this one, he was like, I'll set up a Minecraft server. And he all built us all a little plot of land and with like little items in each chest and stuff. And it was like, have fun. So we all went in this like group game together. We all had a couple of drinks and we, yeah, it was, it was actually really fun, especially because there were a few people in the group who had never played Minecraft before, including me. Uh, so it was, it was an experiment. Um, yeah, it was, it was really fun just to kind of kick back a little bit and just yeah. play a, play a bit of Minecraft. Cause why not? It was, it was very good. I see why people enjoy it a lot. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was nice. Uh, I do have an email here, which I wanted mm. to read out, uh, because uh, as we spoke about on the SmackDown podcast last week, we were like, we just don't get the Gronk. And maybe that's just an American thing. Maybe it's just we don't get it because we haven't seen his career in the NFL or whatever it may be. But we've got an email here from Austin Tussie to uh, put our minds at rest. He says, hey, guys, uh, not sure if Andy will be back next week or not. But anyways, on to Gronk. Um, he's a big deal for American football. He was a part of the New, Eng- New England Patriots, which seemed to win every year. He was one of the best players until he retired. That being said, he is not a beloved American figure. He's loved by Patriots fans, but the Patriots are the team that literally everybody else hates. I'm sure there are soccer teams that are the same way that people are just tired of hearing and seeing win. I know it's called football in every other country, just didn't want to confuse the email talking about both sports. So just imagine one of the top players in one of those soccer teams that everybody hates, except for their fans, coming to WWE. That's how Gronk is viewed by Americans. Hope this helps to understand where he stands in the eyes of Americans, Austin Tussie. Well, thank yeah, you. Uh- Thank you very much for that email. Um, Ali and I, actually, I think we talked about that email on the Raw review, I think. Anyway, I can't quite remember now. It, it's oh, been we a sent week. it to you as well. <laughs> so, so I think we did do that one. But it is, I just find it a very fascinating subject because he appears to be a very divisive figure mm. because you and I talked about him on the show last week. Ollie and I talked about him on the Raw review because they did a big recap and I was curious to see what Ollie's thoughts was. And he was like, oh no, he is a knob. Yeah. And, um, it, but it's, there are those people that are just like, no, 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 he's playing a character. He's not really like that. Uh, he's just this sort of party boy persona. And then when he's, doing interviews and stuff he's not that guy um and then there are other people that are just like no, no no he is like this all the time he's just a knob and then there are other people that are just like no no, no people don't like him because he plays for the patriots and mm-hmm. he's a very very fascinating character in american and i don't think we have a sports person like that in the uk i think the closest person that i can think of would be someone like conor mcgregor who is like really kind of over the top in your face and some people love the charisma that he displays but some people think he's just an arrogant a-hole and he just gets into a load of trouble by himself and he's just a lad and i think he's quite 
he's quite divisive in that sense. And obviously his athletic ability is undeniable. Same probably as the Gronk, you know, one of the best NFL players. But yeah, I think I think that's the closest thing I can think of off the top of my head would probably be someone mm. like that. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I had an email uh, that I was going to quickly read out. Uh, this comes whoa. in from Matt Field, uh, who says, I've heard a lot of people going back and rewatching old pay-per-views to keep themselves entertained during all this self-isolation, so I'll be doing the same thing. What I've done is insert the name of all the top WWE pay-per-views, the four main shows, plus TLC and Money in the Bank, into a random generator. Then input all the years between 2010 and 2019 into another. The first one I got was Wrestle mania 2010 which weirdly enough is the show you guys will be reviewing on the wrestle talk extra podcast mm. hope you guys are keeping safe during this difficult period thanks for all the hard work you're putting in to make sure we all get the content regards matt field so if anyone is sort of wondering how to um you know put on uh you know to sort of get through the self-isolation and try and keep yourself sane there's a suggestion from matt field do it as a random generator that is a really really fun idea I love that. That's a really yeah. great idea. And you know what I'm going to do right now? I'm going to randomize my own one. And I'm going to see what, <gasps> what one I'm going to get. I'm just typing in the names of things. Survivor yeah. Series and what's the other one? What's the other big four? My God, my brain. SummerSlam? Uh, Royal Rumble. How can I forget oh. that? Come on, Come Pete. On, Pete. Uh, it was two months ago. Money in the Bank. And what else did you say? TLC? TLC, yeah. I'm not okay. sure if I'd consider that one like the major shows. No, but, nor would I. You know, I would, I would just do own. big four and Money in the Bank, personally. But... Uh, Okay, so let's randomize that. What did I get? I got money in the bank. Okay. Okay. And let's do some years. Okay. 2011, 2011, 2011. <laughs> Imagine. 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019. What have we got? 2019. So, money in the bank last year, where Brock Lesnar won. <laughs> Great. Well, uh, yeah, I think I would probably do another randomizer. Yeah, I'll, like, I'll, oh, I'll no, re randomize that one. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll get uh, actually, that. Yeah, I've changed my mind on this. I think it's a stupid <laughs> idea. <laughs> it's a dumb idea. No one should do it. Just pick shows you like. God. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for that suggestion, Batfield. That is very fun. So, yeah, please, yeah. please do go do that and get better shows than I did. Um, but, you know, we're all in luck here in the UK anyway, because today is the day that Brooklyn Nine-Nine Season 6 is on Netflix in the UK. Oh, yes, yes. I'm going to be watching that later. That's what God. me and my wife are going to do today as well. Absolutely, yeah. Can't wait for that. I haven't seen anything that happens, surprisingly, because I follow quite a lot of the cast members on Twitter and stuff like that. Somehow, mm -hmm. some way, I have not seen anything that happens in the next two seasons. Don't know how, but I'm, I'm just hey. a genius, I guess. <laughs> okay weird flex but okay <laughs> uh anyway that's probably all the time we've got uh for this week of the wrestle talk podcast uh luke we've got a special episode coming out on monday from the wrestle talk extra archives do you know what episode we are the the lovely people are getting i actually haven't decided yet mm. i think i think it's going to be one of the ones that people really enjoyed was ecw december to dismember mm. uh, because a it's a very very bad show um and it's bad for multiple reasons but it's also kind of fascinating to look back in hindsight you know it was the show that got paul Heyman fired 
Um, so that I think I might. What I'm trying to pick is sort of like the very historically significant ones, as opposed to releasing. I don't know. Like we did a TNA one. I think we did like TNA Destination X twenty something. And I don't think I'd probably release something like that into the mm-hmm. uh, into the free feed. But doing something like ECW December to December, I think, is quite a significant pay per view. It's if it's not that, I might do Bad Blood '97 because that was the first Hell in a Cell match. Well, that's good. Um, and it's got. I think that's also got Kane's debut match yeah. on it as yeah, well. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, if it was first yeah. Hell in a Cell, yeah. Oh so. no, it's not. It's where Kane debuted. It's not his debut match. His debut match was at Survivor yes, Series. That's right. Yeah. There it is, which has also been in the free feed. I get those two shows so muddled up. I don't know why. <laughs> because it's all, because like, it, you know, you've got the Montreal Screwjob and you've got uh, the death of Brian Pillman. Yeah. So, and you've got like Kane's debut and you've got Hell in a Cell. And there's like all these really big things that happen in this very small period of time. And mm. I keep getting them all mixed up. Um, but yeah, so it'll likely be that. But keep an eye on them. <clears throat> Excuse me. Keep an eye on the free feed uh, to find out what it's going to be. Yeah. So that will be in your feeds on Monday. And then on Tuesday, we're going to be back for the Raw review with Luke and Ollie. And maybe NXT, possibly, if there's a big show, which there, there probably should be because we've got the triple threat uh, North American title match on NXT next week. So that'll be a big one. Uh, and AEW, and then SmackDown, and then WrestleMania the Monday after, I guess, with doing yeah. live reactions, maybe. Well, yeah, I think I think we're still going to do live reactions to it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll be honest, we've not really decided. No, I think really. we still will do, um, but we haven't we haven't put it into practice. We haven't like written out a plan yet of like or yeah. you know a rotor of what's going to happen. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that we are going to be doing live reactions to it. I would place money on it. Yeah, unless WrestleMania mm. gets cancelled, there's still time. There's still time for it to there's be postponed. Still time. Ma- Maybe that's what we're holding out for. Yeah, maybe. Uh, anyway, thank you very much for listening, everyone. Uh, we've got lots more content coming your ways. Thank you very much for sticking around and being with us during this troubling time. Uh, hopefully we can put a smile on your face and make you a bit more happy. Uh, anyway, we'll see you guys soon. Thank you for listening. I love you all. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.